co-host Crystal. And I'm your other co-host Robert. And this is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries Podcast. Spooky edition. Yeah, I tried to make it a little <laughs> Dracula-y since this is yeah, not a... that was good. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That was good. So we, in, uh, in tradition, following past Halloweens, so this is, I think... The fourth, no, the third year, fourth year? No, this is the fourth Halloween episode. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, it's so, uh, I don't remember what we did the first year. It might have just been like a spooky I, we, episode we, of Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, I, that may have been the case. I remember we had one where it was just sort of sharing Halloween themed stuff to, uh, yes. to each other. And, um, yes. Last year, um, we, spoke about i won't say we reviewed it but we spoke about the movie ravenous yes um and so following that this year this is not we're not going to talk about an episode of unsolved mysteries with robert stack if you're going to be mad at us for breaking format that's fine you can turn this off right now but we are going to talk about a uh another horror slash dark comedy cult classic uh, called Eating Raul. Meet Paul and Mary Bland. You two live in the building. You must swing, right? Wrong. Good night. We're so lucky to have found each other. A typical American couple. I know. Good night, dear. Until... Mr. Raul Mendoza, como esta usted? They met a hot-blooded, emotional, crazy Chicano. I'm a hot-blooded... Emotional, crazy Chicano. Eating Raul. Is it a thriller? Is it a romance? This was very wrong. Is it a tragedy? Excuse me. May I sit down? Yes. Is it a comedy? Yes, but not the type that you're used to. Eating Raul. Rated R. Uh, which I believe is from 1982. Released the year I was born. Year you were born, two years before I was born. Yes. So, um, interestingly, Night of the Comet came out the year that I was born. So, um, we're we're very much children of the Eating Raul, (laughs) Night of the Comet, Chopping Mall cinematic universe. Yeah. (laughs) Which I have decided exists. I am... I am so delighted that not only did you enjoy eating Raul, Raul, but you have decided to like expand upon it. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, Robbie, it it was, I didn't even know this movie existed until a couple of weeks ago when you sent me the trailer for it. Mm -hmm. Um, so you had seen this movie before. Yes. Uh, I have, actually uh, a pretty long history with eating raul uh like do you yeah i i watched um the version that i watched uh Mm -hmm. was my criterion collection dvd (laughs) (laughs) copy of the film Uh which was the first criterion collection dvd i bought of any movie (laughs) Uh, wow yeah 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 this i noticed I noticed that in the beginning credits of the movie, and I also noticed the Janus films uh, 
icon came up. And that's mm-hmm. usually reserved for like Japanese and Italian auteur <laughs> c- cinema film. Yes. You know? Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I first saw this film. I was, I, be- I believe I was in the sixth grade. And okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Now that's fine. Yes. I'm yes. Sure. Yes. Um, I mean, but even by that time, I wasn't really like, I was a little like maybe a pre film snobby type person mm-hmm. who was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to like things that are different than other people. So I, I, right. I imagine for most sixth graders, like their interest in this film may lie with certain aspects different from what I was attracted to. Mm-hmm. Like it came on one right. of those pay channels on the, the satellite HBO or whatever. And I, oh, okay. and I watched it and I just absolutely loved it because it was so just, mm-hmm. you know, ridiculously over the top and just mm-hmm. weird. I, I, the fact that it was weird and different, that's what really appealed to me. And, mm-hmm. uh, and over the years I've, I've just really grown to like it a lot just because with me, I feel like the films I like. I mean, mm-hmm. my my mo has always been that boring is bad, right? Mm-hmm. So right. So the films I like, they have to be either really really good, like we're talking like uh-huh. you know the the that art house cinema type stuff, um, right? Or they have to be really really bad, and right. I feel Eating Raoul is a film that manages to be both at the same time. <laughs> I com- oh I complete I completely agree with you when we get to that when we get into the movie like um this this is uh, yeah the movie is very self-aware of what it's trying to do so it's not stumbling into anything it didn't completely intend to do mm-hmm. um so I what so here's how I I came around to wanting to watch this for our Halloween episode. So it was, it is like spoiler. Hello. What happens at the end of the movie is in the title. So like, um, go watch the movie, but we're going to talk about it and how it ends is the title of the movie. Sorry, everyone. Um, (laughs) so it's not really about a mystery. Um, and I'm not spoiling anything, but, uh, so you had sent me the trailer because I am, I'm currently right now watching Star Trek Voyager Mm -hmm. for the first time and really enjoying that. And, um, I years ago had seen night of the comet and I didn't realize maybe until a couple of weeks ago that the male lead in night of the comet is Robert Beltran who plays Chakotay yes. on Star Trek Voyager. And that in fact Robert Beltran has had a pretty he had a pretty good career in the 80s doing these types of movies. Um and I don't know if you if there's a genre of film called Chicano exploitation. <laughs> this is what it is. Yes. And um he, he's definitely he's he's uh yeah, definitely found his in the eighties. Found his niche as that sort of like, like, uh, like sexy Latin kind of um, charismatic, like Chicano guy. Oh, and um, yeah. so, so um, he's the he's one of the leads in Eating Raul. And so um, 
anyway, I got really excited when you sent me the trailer and then I read the plot synopsis, which is, <laughs> I, which I will summarize for our audience in a moment. And this movie is so fucking problematic. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are not into jokes, um, if you're not into jokes, why are you listening to this? But if you're, uh, if you're not into um, taking sort of a, a dark comedic look at um, sexual assault, which really I don't think is the joke in the movie. There's a lot of jokes in this movie, but that's those aren't really the funny bits of it. No, they, they um, just happen I, to be there. They're just there to serve a plot yeah. function. For the, yeah. Right. But um, um, if you're not into uh, tokenizing uh, minorities, <laughs> probably not the movie for you. <laughs> um, but in in that, I think I think this this movie is completely tasteless, and it is meant to be that. So they're not. I was saying to Robbie before the record, this is not a situation where you're you know you're booting up a movie from four or five years ago, and you have that awkward moment of it being from the Weinstein Company in the credits. Yikes! In the eighties, they knew what they were doing with this movie. It was tasteless then. It's tasteless now. Um, and uh, I really, I really thought that following Ravenous from last year, this was completely like in that wheelhouse of dark comedy with yes. like some cannibalism thrown in. And also, um, I Guy Pierce is the lead in uh, Ravenous. I think he's hot, and I think Robert Beltran's hot, and that's why I wanted to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all perfectly valid reasons, and. <laughs> <laughs> so if left if i'm the one making the editorial decision on what we're going to review for our halloween episode i'm always choosing a sexy male lead <laughs> for, um for uh for our choice anyway uh so we're gonna breaking format from the last couple of years of our halloween episodes where robbie like pounded candy <laughs> oh god like a whole bag of candy yeah um robbie am i correct to assume you will not be doing that this year because you have ruined your body and doctors told you to stop doing those things <laughs> that is actually correct though i did um okay i i rumpers at home will be happy to hear i i went to the urologist yesterday and fantastic and the the <laughs> the scan they did looked great mm -hmm. um Wonderful. I guess drinking a gallon of water every day has really, really helped. Oh, good for you. Yes. Good for you. And I... I bet you're peeing, peeing pretty clear, huh? You know, sometimes it does look like water. So it's... Wow. It's, uh, wow. I'm just really glad. But yeah, and, and beyond that particular issue, there are other health-related things. All, re all, all basically stemming from a combination of my diet and lack of physical uh, activity... So mm -hmm. this time around, uh, Rumpers, I'm sorry, I'm not eating an entire large bag of Halloween candy and downing it with soda. Instead, I got uh, these these apple slices I just made. Mm. Oh, yeah. so you're gonna have kind of like a like a like a crunchy like ex like healthy Halloween. Yes, mm. I got a okay, glass so of water you will be here. Eating Mm. Yeah, you're going to be eating on the pod, though, importantly. So, if, again, That's... if people don't like jokes about sexual assault, 
uh, tokenizing minorities or eating <laughs> podcast, <laughs> just turn, just turn, you can just go away right now. That's fine. We'll catch you on the next one. Yes. Um, and oh, that's good. Well, I'm glad you're. What kind of apple are you going to be eating? Do you know what kind? Oh, I'm is it just apple. It's a, it's a uh, gala, I think. Or, oh, or ga- that's a. Yeah, I don't know how to say that, but I was that, that's a good apple. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, rumpers. The thing is, it's this year I'm putting my body on the line uh, instead of Robbie. So <laughs> here's what the format of this is going to be: instead of Robbie blowing through a bag of candy and then shouting out uh, what candy he's eating as I drive the ship of talking about the movie, what's going to happen is. Robbie's going to drive this eating roll car and every 10 minutes uh, I'm going to take a shot of tequila <laughs> and I think I should probably uh, start now that I've mentioned it yeah so I'm going to take my shot here we go I'm drinking in case anyone's interested I put it on our Twitter I'm drinking La Gratona tequila it's a reposado um, I'm not going to take a full shot that's a that would be an ounce and a half I'm doing about um, an ounce or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got some limes with tahini to kind of chase it. Um, if things get too crazy, though, I've got some guava juice and some water to try and like even things out because uh, this is going to be a lot of tequila like really fast, even for me. And I was just in fucking Mexico. Um, they don't, this is not how you drink tequila, guys. Do you realize that we've all been doing it wrong? You're supposed to like savor it. So, oh. Sorry to everyone. Uh, well, especially when it's good tequila, and this is good tequila that I'm drinking, but, like, um, just sorry. Um, but I thought what what would be more appropriate to celebrate uh, Raul and his contributions to, <laughs> to drink some tequila? Yes, yes. So, um, so here, here we go. Here's, here's one down. Tequila. All right, I'm setting up the timer for 10 minutes, and in 10 minutes, I'm going to do that again. I heard I heard that, that shot, too. I heard it. Did you hear that? Oh, my God. I grimaced just a little bit. I got to set up the second one, though, so I'm not a... Uh... All right, second one's ready to go, and I am going to talk to you about the plot very quickly of Eating Raul mm-hmm. uh, from, uh, you may have heard of it, Wikipedia. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so Eating Raul, as we said already, is a 1982 American black comedy film film written and directed, <laughs> written, directed by and starring uh, Paul Bartel with Mary Waranov, uh, Robert Beltran, Ed Begley Jr., Buck Henry and Susan Sager. It is about a prudish married couple, the Blands, who resort to killing and robbing affluent swingers to earn money for their dream restaurant, which is Paul and Mary's Country Kitchen, I believe is what they want to call it. Um... So here's the deal. So Mary works in a hospital as a nurse and Paul works in a liquor store as a, uh, quote, balding wine snob. Um, and uh, there anyway, we'll get through that. Um, Mary, Mary, uh, Mary Warrenov, her name is Mary. They're both actually named Mary and Paul. I'm realizing. Yes. IRL, but also their character characters are Mary and Paul. And uh, Mary's a nurse. Um so Paul gets fired from his wine shop from being like too snobby or something. And they don't have any money and they realize they're never going to be able to open their restaurant. And so they're trying to come up with all these ideas. Um, so as they uh, are getting ready for a dinner party, um, one of the swingers 
is very drunk from the party upstairs is very drunk and wanders into their apartment somehow and tries to assault Mary. It's very goofy and we'll get into that. And then Paul hits him, the swinger guy on the head with a cast iron frying pan, unintentionally killing him. Um, at this point, Mary and Paul take the swingers money thinking there's nobody will miss him because he's a drunk pervert and they put his body in the apartment building's trash compactor. Um, and then after they kill another swinger the same way, they realize they can make money by killing quote unquote rich per- perverts. Uh, okay. So at some point, um, they run into this woman called Doris, the dominatrix. Mm-hmm. I guess she's at the swinger party. I, I don't remember if they run into her, uh, because Paul goes up there to tell him to keep it down or they're in the elevator or something. But anyway, um, Doris the Dominatrix tells Paul and Mary if they, if they want to keep up their, um, whatever it is they're doing, they can put an ad in the Hollywood press, which caters to men seeking kinky sex scenes. Mary lures men to the apartment by promising to satisfy their sexual fetishes. When they try to have sex with her, Paul grows alarmed enough to kill them with the frying pan and the Blands are surprised at how lucrative their scheme is. Okay. So they have, the Blands have new locks installed in their apartment to protect Paul's wine collection. Uh, the locksmith is Raul Mendoza, whose service is a ruse, which allows him to rob his customers homes. I mean, what better ruse, and to be a locksmith you know what i mean um he sneaks into the bland's apartment the next night and stumbles across the corpse of their latest victim paul confronts raul and both men realize they're in a compromising position they strike a deal neither will report the other to the police paul and mary will pocket their victim's cash and rule will keep their other possessions splitting any proceeds with the blands and and then also dispose of the body so that's um all i'm going to read of the plot yes just so that's setting up the main characters and then everything that's happening so there's more there's there's more to it but we'll get we'll get into that um so robbie um maybe we could talk a little bit about like the opening uh 80s montage that we get that really sets the uh sets the tone for the whole hollywood california city of contracts home to the rich and powerful yet so popular with the broken and destitute Here, sex hunger is reflected in every aspect of daily life, and instant gratification is tirelessly pursued. A center of casual violence and capricious harassment, where rampant vice and amorality permeate every strata of society, and the barrier between food and sex has totally dissolved. It is a known fact that prolonged exposure to just such a psychopathic environment will eventually warp even the most normal and decent among us. This, then, is the story of Hollywood today. Not a pretty story, but presented here exactly as it happened. Really? Stomach cramps? Watching this montage as a kid when this movie, for you know, when I first watched this movie, the montage alone mm-hmm. guaranteed that I, watched the, I would watch the entire film, no matter... Mm-hmm. No matter if it was crap, because that montage was so damn promising. It's uh, it's basically it, it starts out with the Hollywood sign. You get a, you mm-hmm. know, a various, you know, sort of three to four or five second little clips of various residents of Los Angeles going about their business. And it just progressively mm-hmm. becomes more and more insanely violent. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you got just. 
there's yeah yeah go ahead oh uh, yeah i know you, you got you got kidnappings you got kids mm-hmm. dumping a tv out of their window on top of a mailman and killing him <laughs> You got ketchup being poured on top of a milkshake for some reason. Can we, can we, can we like pause on that? Yeah. Because that's what really stood out to me. I was like, this is the most depraved. Th- and it, and the VO at this point is saying like, this is a psychopathic environment. Hollywood is psychopathic environment. And then the next thing you see is the ketchup on the milkshake. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty fucking depraved. Right. That's some sick shit. I, right. I, you know, I have to say, I, in a way that that was maybe one of the things that most glaringly stood out to me while watching the film, mm-hmm. just like I couldn't mm-hmm. get it out of my head. A perfectly good milkshake right. ruined by ketchup. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, I think this little montage in the VO completely sets up how over the top everything is going to Exa- be. Exactly. This point like, like if you're watching this yeah. film and you're coming, like stuff is happening in it and you're like, Oh, that is, that is crazy. I mean, why or, or over the top or, or whatever. It's just like, well, you got, you had a whole minute of just every like depraved thing possible being depicted. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you, you were warned essentially. Um, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, from from the get-go this movie tells us exactly what it is mm-hmm. and what it is is camp like this is pure camp yeah this ent- just beginning to end um i i robbie i'm with you when i saw the montage i was like i'm sold yes <laughs> i'm gonna like this movie like this it's gonna be goofy as hell <laughs> like, yes the ketchup on the milkshake i'm like that's some sick shit <laughs> right uh, um <laughs> I, I mean i probably gagged more about uh over the ketchup than i did over you know the meal being eaten at the end of the film um yeah just... oh for sure um there's there's a lot of even in the beginning scenes too like the next i think the very next scene is either paul in the wine shop or it's mary at her job serving food well, both both to some guy as a nurse. Well, uh, it's the the next the very next scene is the wine shop, but both uh, those scenes back to back have mm-hmm. have horrific things depicted in them. Uh, right. Yeah. Yes. I. Um. <laughs> I mean, just the fact that like the because Paul, you know, they show Paul he's working in the wine shop. He's 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 a wine snob type character. Because that's the important mm-hmm. thing you have to keep in mind about Paul and Mary, uh, the characters mm-hmm. in this film, is I mean their last name is Bland, right? They uh, right, yeah. And Paul 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 Bartel, uh, who plays Paul and was the director mm-hmm. of this film, I mean he tried to mm-hmm. he tried to create them as just sort of like this, um, you know they're just they're they're the most boy like like they're this boring middle class. Um, a couple, something, yeah, you know, almost something out of like the past. They they sleep in separate beds, mm-hmm. uh, right? Yeah, you know. yeah. There's a really funny sight gag when they go to bed at night. Um, uh, yeah. So so what happens is someone comes comes to try and rob the uh the liquor store, right? Mm-hmm. And the and the owner just. <laughs> Go ahead. Without any hesitation, 
There's no tension in the mm-hmm. scene. I mean, it's the first time I watched it, uh, the, cause the owner just pulls out a gun and blows away the robber and he does it so quickly and without any hesitation that it really caught me off guard. I was like, Holy crap. Uh, uh, yeah. And you know, d- despite, despite having seen, seen a minute montage of all this horror, even then I was, I was, this movie was still shocking me. And yeah. you know, the, the, the owner is completely nonchalant about this, this dead mm. robber on this floor. Cause now he's got, cause he's still going on about, cause the, the wine that Bartel's ordering for the, for the, uh, the shop and, it's 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 an incredibly outrageous scene and it's just followed by in a totally different way another outrageous scene which is uh his wife mary she works uh as you say she works at the hospital and she's trying to get this uh this patient to, uh like she brings him his meal and it's been you know it's one of those tropes you always hear in sitcoms about hospital food and I never. Oh wait, it's time for me to take another shot. Please continue. I'm just letting the audience know. Oh, continue. Yes. Doing it. Here's number two. Tequila. I heard that one as well. Um, All right. And you know, you 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 hear the the there's that trope about hospital food on in, in sitcoms and movies. I never quite got it because every mm-hmm. time I I know you've been in a hospital, but when I've been in a hospital, I. You know, the food was, I mean, it was nothing exceptional. It was just, you know, whatever, you know, like, oh, here's, here's your, here's your, you know, your, your bowl of oatmeal and a Chobani yogurt or, or, or a mm-hmm. Dannon yogurt or whatever and something else. It's, but the, the food that she puts down in front of this guy is truly like just gross. Yeah. It's it's ketchup in the milkshake. Yeah. It's um. It, it's it's. But I don't mind. You know, I want to. S- oh. Hmm. I was gonna say I don't mind I, that. I was gonna. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't mind that <laughs> that he got it uh, that he got this meal uh-huh. because this guy is just an absolute piece of shit. Um, right. He like he's just like outright sexually harassing Mary in a yeah. way that. I feel like at the time was probably a pretty accurate depiction of what a lot of women in the workplace probably received on a. I, <laughs> Robbie, I'm gonna have to disagree with you. <laughs> oh no, really? Um, I think every straight man is so ri- in this movie directed to be and is so comically rapey and horny. Like completely over the top, with the exception of Raul and Paul and Paul and, Bartel. Well, Paul. Well, I mean, like, come on, Paul Bart slash Paul Bland. Okay, yeah. So I so IRL, uh, and I I knew I knew this going in because I looked I had been reading about Paul Bartel and sort of his contribution to cinema, and it is vast. But uh, yes. Paul Bartel was one of the first uh, people in Hollywood to be um, out. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he has sort of this dry bitchiness to him (laughs) that I can't help but read, um, read it as Mary's kind of his beard, you know, 
But I also read their relationship because they do. I mean, the whole point, they're bland and they're sexless. Like there, there's no sex in their marriage. And yeah. that's in, that's in contrast to every straight person being like droolingly comically horny. Yeah. Uh, this, this movie is not kind to men and, and, um, it's, uh, I think it kind of, it kind of flirts with the rape revenge, uh, genre a little bit. Um, that's fair. I mean, the first, yeah, the first couple of people they kill were literally trying to rape Mary. So, right. Right. Yeah. So, um, which is to say, I, I the relationship as I understand it between Paul and Mary in the movie is that they are the best of friends. Yes. And Mary ex- explains later in the movie the nature of their marriage to Raul, and um, I buy it. Mm-hmm. Which is, they're two people that are trying to get to the they they might not have a sexual interest in each other, but they're two people that want the same things from life and have shared values and enjoy spending time together. And yeah. Um, when you, when you take the sex out of a marriage, that's really what it is on the day to day, isn't it? So (laughs) that, that is accurate. And I, and I feel like the fact, cause I mean, the, the, the two of them are, were friends in real life. Uh, Oh, obviously. Yeah. They have, they have incredible, like friend chemistry. Oh, totally. It it, it just, it, it, it totally comes across and I, yeah. a friend of mine was telling me, and I haven't been able to track this down. He was telling me about some interview that Paul Bartel had, you know, decades ago, back when he was still alive, of course, mm. um, where the interviewer was just, I don't know if he was necessarily being crass or, or what, but like he was mm. obsessed with like asking him questions, like, like insinuating that him and Mary uh like had sex with each other a lot or something. It's like, come on, you two oh. like do it. And then and, and Paul Vertel increasingly mm-hmm. is irate in the point where like, it's like, look, no, we do not. And, and the guy's like, well, you know, what? how am I supposed to believe that? And Bartel's response was something mm-hmm. like, well, for one, she's married. And for two, I'm gay. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um you know uh mary war i'm we're, since we're getting off on like personal lives of the actress in this movie mary warrenov i read was also one of the original factory girls um for andy warhol mm-hmm. and so she was a model before she was an actress and um i mean she's i mean up i think until very recently was working consistently just in bit parts of television shows i mean she's had a 40 50 year long career yes and um she's somebody i don't think you would know by name but she's definitely like oh when you see her pop up in something totally oh i've seen her before um yes so she's had she's had an incredible career uh paul bartell had an incredible career and um uh yeah, just to see them those two together, just yeah, they have they have a na- they have a na- they have a shit the tequila. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, brain. Is, um, they there's a naturalness they have with each other, totally. but I don't. I mean, for the purposes of this movie, I think it works perfectly. Yes, because because like as you said, they the they they they're they're friends that uh, the, in, right. in the film as that's sort of how their relationship is depicted. Um, yes 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 
So, um, so there's a lot of themes too, where they're doing like, uh, you know, it's a commentary on sort of like, um, I think, uh, heterosexual sort of mating practices. It's very unkind to men completely. This is, um, for people who I think were probably pretty kinky, it was kind of like winking at the kink community, like, um, a little bit like taking the piss out of them. Um, but I have to think like swingers and kinksters and stuff had to have been kind of in on the joke when this movie came out. I, There's cause it's like so goofy. Yes. You know? Right. Right. I mean, the, the depiction, the, the depiction of these parties are, are, are so goofy and so wacky that yeah. it's probably not realistic. Um, no, I, but neither of us would know. <laughs> no. I certainly do not. Because but I do have Because we're like the we're the we're Paul and Mary Bland. <laughs> it's what I've always aspired to be. <laughs> um I mean I could definitely see a future where like we're we're sharing an apartment and we're like going to going to bed and I'm getting my little stuffed animals out as Mary does and you're cuddling your giant body <laughs> pillow of what is that? It's like Chateau Rothschild that Paul's cuddling with I, when he goes to bed. I believe so. I believe that is actually the exact brand. He has he has a body pillow in the shape of a wine bottle. I listen. That is so fucking funny to me. <laughs> It's it's and, one of the great um, visual, you know, I, visuals of this film. Yeah, it's there's so many good visual jokes in this. So that just that will stick in my mind forever. It's just being like an all timer. Um, but I was also thinking about Paul Paul Bland, but also Paul Bartel, and and basically how this actor walked so Paul Giamatti could run later in Sideways <laughs> because I can't. I can't divorce Paul Bland's character from Paul Giamatti's character in Sideways. Like he's they're the same fucking guy. You know. Crystal, you you um, have literally just like summarized an entire paragraph of my notes that I took when oh, really? I was rewatching this film. <laughs> like hmm. I I can't imagine that Paul Giamatti, at least in preparing to do Sideways, did not see this movie if he hadn't seen it already. I, I there's no way, there's no way. The similarities, the delivery of the lines, um, the mannerisms. It's it's so it's Paul Giamatti doing uh, an impression of of Paul Bartel and eating Raul completely. There's no getting around it. Yeah, um, yeah it's. I agree. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, where are we at in the movie? Are we not really? Even, well, we we're, we're not bound by the laws of time or physics in terms of this film, Crystal. If you want, we can we can talk about anything between the montage to to the uh, the final scene, and and b- okay, bounce well, off. It's time for me to take another shot of tequila. It is time so. for that though. The timer has gone. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh God. Okay, down the hatch. Here we go. You know, shot number three uh, did not go down as easy as I thought it was going to. <laughs> oh God, I, I'm so oh boy. I'm so sorry. I well, we we sacrifice for our art, do we not? Um, 
We do. Yes. We absolutely do. Yeah. Um, listen, as as we're not bound by the by time or logic or sobriety, or um, but yes. what's going to happen is by the time we get to the scene with Raul and Mary smoking a joint, I'm going to be very drunk and very horny. <laughs> okay. So I'm just letting you know <laughs> what's coming. I understood. Um, well, <laughs> all right. We've we've talked about both uh, uh, Mary and Paul, uh, both character and actresses. Uh, we we mm-hmm. should we should talk about Raúl. Um, Robert Bel- yeah. Beltran is just magnificent in this movie. Uh, uh, when so when we're fr- when he first comes into a scene, I I also had to make a note of <laughs> this. He is. First of all, early 80s. Okay, think about, like, everyone who's listening to this, think about what your parents looked like. And they all had that big feathered hair. Dad had the feathered sides. Mom had the perm. Everyone's parents looked alike in the early 80s. Please don't argue with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Robert Beltran comes in. And Robert Beltran has just got this, still to this day, has this beautiful thick hair right and he has this black thick hair and it's all feathered out and blow dried and he's in this uh red jumpsuit uh wide lapel so it's got like white piping bright red jumpsuit um it's got a little flare if i recall maybe not on the um on the uh legs and across the chest of the jumpsuit so we are very clear on who this character is. It says in cursive, Raul. Raul, yes. Because you know how locksmith go around in bright red flamboyant wide lapel jumpsuits with their name in cursive <laughs> across yes. the front of it. Just So we're very clear this is Raul because he's wearing the jumpsuit. Right, right. It's, you know, it's like, oh, he's the guy the movie's made named after. Oh, have to pay extra attention yeah. to him. Yeah, and the yeah. scene where he comes in uh, to perform his locksmith duties is just great because he's just the Robert Beltran's eyes. Like he is playing someone who's like, okay, I'm, you know, talking with my mouth to the, these people. Meanwhile, my eyes are analyzing everything, every aspect of this apartment entry points yeah. <laughs> is anything yeah. of value. Um, yeah. And I just love the like part, like, I mean, and he's he's trying to hard sell them on on all the stuff that he's going to install and ch- charging more than what his his flyer said. So not only is he going to rob mm-hmm. these people, but before that, he's going <laughs> to proverbially rob them <laughs> with his prices. And when they show the slightest yeah. bit of like hesitation, he is such like he's like, look, this this lock you got here, you know, a credit card could open this store. And they're like, like they're both of them. Mm-hmm. Are like, really? And he just, he opens and closes the door and nor- as, as one would normally do with a door. And they're like, Oh, Oh, God. <laughs> he, he like, he is, he's this, I mean, his character, if he had not like been ended up in a life of crime, probably could have been a very skilled magician. Uh, I feel, I feel like, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, one of the things, this was in the very beginning of the movie, though, but you mentioned credit card, and I want to go back, that the Blands are talking about putting something on their Instacash card. Yes, I... 
in I don't is that a was that like a real thing or is that made up for the purpose of this movie to stand in as like a Visa Mastercard situation? Honestly, I I have no idea. I okay yeah. Uh, All right. Well, there's no answer to that. There's no way of ever finding out. So we'll move on. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, you know, they're, they're uh, having that whole conversation uh, related to because like every boring middle class couple, their ultimate aspiration is to own a small business. In this case, they want to have a little restaurant. Yeah. Well, before we get to the Raul Raul's introduction, um, Mary... Right, right at the beginning, right after they f- kill the first person, the uh, um, potential rapist, <laughs> right after they kill him, um, they're actually having a, a dinner guest um, who is, I guess, a loan officer uh, um, from the bank. I assumed he was a realtor. Um, they refer to him as. Oh, oh yeah. yeah okay. They refer to him as right. James from the Valley. <laughs> right. There is a perfect joke that paul says uh when they were like well what what kind of what kind of mary's like well what kind of i'm making this and this food what kind of wine should we open and paul's like hmm james is from the valley perhaps he'd like a chablis <laughs> and it's a perfect joke because no one drinks chablis anymore oh um i don't like i don't even know like if i've ever had a chablis uh also it's a perfect joke because i'm in the valley and people in L.A. like love to dunk on people being from the valleys, being very like suburban. Like, oh, is that not is that what the valley yeah. is? I I've always I always just, you know, I is that I was I don't know if that's what it is now, but certainly in the 80s, the valley was like this weird. It was like the bedroom communities of Los Angeles. Ah. Right. That's where, you know, um I mean, it is a bedroom community still. There's a lot of single family homes and stuff, but like, um, you know, it's, you know, it's the valley. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, we don't have culture. We just have frozen yogurt and malls. <laughs> we drink Chablis. Chablis. Okay. <laughs> I see. I understand. Wow. Thank you for your um, yeah, LA was... insights. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was such a it was such a wine joke and it was such a like L.A. joke that I'm like, this was like a real one percenter for anyone who saw this movie <laughs> because it's like, um, you know, but also but I, I do think, too, even with the opening montage is that we're setting it up in Hollywood. Right. And yeah, what is more depraved than Hollywood? It's gross. Don't go there. Stay away from Hollywood. Um, so noted. But it's also where Paul and Mary live. But it's it's like there's so, this movie is so has so many like L.A. jokes <laughs> um it is a very la heavy film i I, that's why i'm so glad that i have a someone an authentic person living in los angeles to explain all this stuff i'm not authentic i live in the valley oh god i'm sorry i'm not even oh i'm not even clear on this anymore (laughs) yeah you know the 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 first time like not the first time that first attempted rapist appeared in the apartment I was just. I love that we're saying the first one, <laughs> right? Um, there are so many throughout this. Yeah, film. Like he was just from the moment I first saw him, the first time I saw this film, I wanted him dead almost immediately because he just before he yeah. even got to like trying to like uh, uh, 
to to assault Mary. Just like the the way he's talking, tra- talking over Paul, and Paul's trying to like, look, you're in the right. And the way he's just walking right into him, that's the kind of pushiness mm-hmm. that I don't like in real life. Um, you know, it's like yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of that. Yeah. Yes. Um, in in this, uh, so I think we should probably talk about now the the business. There's a montage of the. So Doris, Doris the dominatrix has told told Paul and Mary how they need to pull off their scheme. Right, they're gonna place ad in the Hollywood Press. Mary places, or they place the ad, and the perverts start arriving <laughs> the, to the apartment. They get this huge pile of letters that just like from from their first ad, and you know, mm-hmm. I I did a little bit of reading on this. They because the, this film, I mean, this is an independent film. It was shot. Over right. the course of a year, just as Paul Bartel was able to scrape together money from here to there, here and there, mm-hmm. they they could not afford to make a mock-up fake newspaper with that ad in it. So that ad actually <laughs> ran in a real <laughs> periodical or some paper in, in Los Angeles, though. It was probably the Hollywood Press. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, if you if you pay fifty dollars to run an ad, or you have to pay two hundred fifty dollars to get a graphic designer, what are you going to do? Exactly. Though I guess yeah. in real life, it only got one person who wrote in. So, uh, but yeah, they 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 do. Let's talk. Let's talk about the perverts because they roll. Let's in. the the parade of perverts that show up now. Um, what's the what was the first one? Some kind of clown situation. <laughs> oh, my timer's gone off again. I got to drink more tequila. Oh boy, if, here we if, go. If you feel like number four, if if you feel like you're having difficulty doing anything, I, it's okay if you, you need to stop the tequila. Tequila, but don't stop, please. Um, um, yeah, the first the first person was into like I guess age play or mommy play. He was. Mm-hmm. dressed as a little kid and Mary was having to play the role of his yeah. mom. She was supposed to be mean mommy and she was going to discipline him. Yes. Uh, um, that that purple hat is just just grotesque. That that little purple baseball mm-hmm. cap that this guy was... I mean, this guy is definitely decades older than Mary. Uh, right. The, the second pervert was a oh and then paul and then paul kills him and paul kills him uh with the frying pan yeah um because robbie let me ask you something yeah do you think what gets paul sexually excited is killing dudes with a frying pan uh it may may in fact be the only thing that get the only thing that we can possibly conjecture that he may get sexually excited about in this film uh. <laughs> i was just like what if that's his fetish like what if this whole time you know they have this sexless marriage because what he needed was to kill guys with a frying pan well then it would seem this arrangement w- w- was perfectly crafted for the the two of them to to perform together yeah uh and yeah but here's but yeah they never paul and mary never have sex in this movie <laughs> It's not even implied. Yeah, you know, and I it doesn't happen. And I think that in a way that so totally, because I mean, Paul gets jealous of Raul because Raul's you know as uh, as the film goes on, he's trying to make the moves on Mary, 
And, Mm -hmm. but the jealousy to me, like it struck me, like it's played not in the same way that jealousy happens where you see jealousy depicted with a a guy in the the, the girl, you know, like the girl he's dating or married to or whatever. It feels like the sort of jealousy that like a guy has when one of his guy friends is in the relationship and he's jealous of the girlfriend in a way that's, Mm -hmm. that's how it felt to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which and, and and then like so then at the ending it perfectly makes sense to me when she's like confessing to him like you know oh mm-hmm. he made me smoke the cigarette and we had sex and then you wanted to keep going and, and paul was just totally like yeah i know i know it's yeah. okay yeah it, it yeah. like you know it, it, that, yeah. that's the sort of response from from, from yeah all right the parade of perverts so first is the mean mommy fantasy guy yeah um, the second, there's an, impl- there is an implied clown. I don't know if we ever see him though. Oh, there was some clown. Yes. Clownage. Yes. And then, okay. um, there was a, a guy who was into Nazi play. Uh, okay. So <laughs> this was an extended scene. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of things I noticed, uh, you know, Paul and Mary probably did not have a lot of like, um, nazi shit to start with no and they really do their best to set up their apartment as if it were a um you know ss office you're talking yes you're talking about the uh the black masking tape on the the lampshades yes but i'm also talking about the satin throw pillow with the swastika right yes (laughs) the it it's it's you're right. It it looks exactly like SS headquarters. It did, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But then, um, did we mention this movie was tasteless at the beginning? I think we did. I, we we've already uh, we've already talked about multiple sexual assaults and 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 murders. Right. So yeah. Well, you know the thing is, is back you know in the 70s there was a lot of pornography that was Nazi themed. Uh-huh. And so I'm sure that this 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 particular scenario is, you know, a total um uh uh total uh, total reference to that. Why do you know that? <laughs> uh I Well, no, no. I I have not watched any myself, but I there's a a reviewer of like trashy exploitation films I like watching. And he has reviewed. Oh, okay, like what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, very exactly. <laughs> okay. Yes, and yeah, just in the seventies, there was like a lot of weird, you know, weird Nazi uh, porn. Um, uh huh. So this, I mean, th- this this film is made only like probably like two or three years after the peak of that. So, I okay. If, if you're if you're coming up with scenarios, it would just seem like yeah, naturally one of the one of those is going to be like it. Though, I think in most of those films, the the gender sort of thing is reversed. It's like this, um, mm. female Nazi woman who has people, you know, like who has people chained up. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, and I I like how when Raul comes in later to rob them at night. You know, he's looking around and he sees the. <laughs> yes. He's like, what the fuck? 
because it wasn't all that stuff wasn't there when he came by before and he was just like what are these people into oh my god right right because because it's not just the nazi stuff it's all the cool campy shit they they already had in their apartment right it's like (laughs) there's like a weird doll and like um i have to say though at some point when they're making like drinks for themselves at their little bar that they have in their apartment Mm -hmm. i just their glassware game was tops like what whatever whatever they had with their they were serving drinks and like i want all of that it was amazing like they had one that was like this graphic decal of like um various uh areas of california and i was like perfect yes (laughs) i need to find that somewhere like I'm sure it's on Etsy. I got to track it down. Um, yes. Yeah. Everything in their apartment prior to them putting like having to put swastikas on things was like so campy and so it was just cool. Like they had a, a cool apartment. Yes. It, it um, really stands out visually. Um, yeah. Uh, so Raul breaks in. He sees all the Nazi shit. One of the things I want to say, though, in in deciding we haven't gotten we haven't gotten to the hippie yet. As, but, as portrayed um, by Ed Bagley Jr. <laughs> yes. Um, is he just called Ed Bagley Jr.? <laughs> because he's a hippie. We might as well. <laughs> I mean, like may, may, maybe he's not actually playing a hippie. Maybe he's playing Ed Bagley he's Jr. Just, he's playing like a sexually assault version <laughs> of Ed Bagley self, Jr. Yeah. Um, okay. So it, it kind of seems to me that the, that Paul Bartell, who, who wrote and directed this movie, had a definitive vision about what kinds of perverts deserve to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hippies, Nazis, <laughs> um, uh, people guys like, that are into like wearing a diaper. Um, people who like swingers to, generally. People like to dress up as pirates chasing Minnie Mouse. <laughs> That's also a oh scenario. yeah, that was another one. Yeah, God, that was weird. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh yeah, and then Mary complaining about how much how hot it was or something yeah in her outfit or it was too expensive for the money that they were gonna get to like (laughs) act out the fantasy indeed um yeah so there's like there's uh in with with one exception i think which is raul like the movie has an over-the-top clear point of view like these people deserve to die and you as the viewer you as the audience are probably not going to argue with that if we hit them over the head with a frying pan, right? Well, yeah. It, I um, mean, it helps that like the first. It helps that the first several people they kill were were out and out rapists. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and that, yeah. and and the and the hippie is also like a rapist. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, because because he's supposed to be like some chilled, cool dude, and then he's like starts pushing Mary like way too hard. Way too hard. Um, yeah way too hard and he and this this is probably the most disturbing scene in the movie mostly because it's at bagley jr and i don't want to think about him that way yeah. um but but like as far as assault goes this is like as far it's the most as it goes it's the most intense depiction because like with the first guy it's kind of like he just like he's he's and even the second guy it's like it's more like they fall on top of her and, and are, are right. moving about they're like come on baby and then they're like trying to honk her boobs or whatever right right like, it's stupid it's just stupid no but but then with ed bagley jr it's like really forceful and um and what happens is he he rips off mary's clothes i what for whatever reason even though i knew the plot of this movie i was not expecting to see boobs mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, or Mar- Mary's boobs. But we see Mary's boobs. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, uh, Raul, who was why was he in their apartment i think he was coming up to make to drop off the money from the latest uh the previous round of of body uh right right body disposals and whatever um and and paul had left to go to the store because the hippie was late or something yeah right he said he was going to come back Mm -hmm. later he needed a new, Mary needed a new frying pan because she didn't want to cook with the murder weapon, I guess. Yes. Yes, that was. And, oh, hold on. Oh, it's time for tequila. Oh, God, I'm going to fucking die. Tequila. Okay. All right. I'm a champ. I'm sticking with it. I, I appreciate. Start up the timer I appreciate again. all the sacrifices you're making for. That was number five. Oh, God. So. That's a lot, right? All right. Yeah, these aren't full shots I'm taking, but it is a lot. Not okay. This is not how I drink ever. Gotcha. Okay, um, so Rule comes in and he um, strangles the hippie dude. Mm-hmm. And um, at this point, I was wondering to myself because I am in this rewatch of Voyager. Not rewatch. My first watch of Voyager. And that there is a two-episode arc in Star Trek Voyager where the the spaceship Voyager goes back in time to the 90s. Okay, I know it. And, Robbie, do you know the episodes I'm talking about? Oh, my God, Ed Bagley Jr.'s in that one, too. And he's the villain. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so you just saw Chakotay strangle a man to death. Yeah, Chakotay <laughs> takes his ass out. So I, I'm starting to wonder now, beyond Night of the Comet, beyond Chopping Mall, now uh, is is eating Raul now Voyager canon? <laughs> or does eating Raul now belong in the Star Trek universe? I would say that the only thing they have in common is the Ed Bagley Jr. Um, Robert Beltran connection. But I did. Did Paul Bartel or Mary Warnov appear in any of the Trek series? I don't. If I don't know, maybe I feel like Mary Warnov probably did. Because one of the because if one of one of the two or both of them did, I'm gonna have to say it does. Wow. You heard it here first, fam. <laughs> Eating Raul is a Star Trek episode. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so Robbie, I have to describe this scene of what happens next after Raul saves the day by strangling Ed Bigley Jr. <laughs> it's a very funny thing to say out loud. Um so Ed Bigley Jr. had brought a little wacky tobacco with him because he was a chilled out hippie dude. Not really, but um, he's hip. I also kind of love love this 80s like edgelord take on like fuck hippies <laughs> a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, like they aren't good, actually. They're bad. Um, so Raul's like grabs this kills the corpses on the floor. Ed Bagley Jr.'s corpse is just on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Raul goes to his to get his uh, Ed's wallet to clean him out of the cash because that's the deal, right? They're robbing right. perverts. 
and he also finds some some spicy treats in his pocket. Yes. And uh, you know, Mary's laid out, she's just been traumatized. And she's, you know, she's just kind of like reclined on the couch and there's all this like um they've put these uh, uh I don't know how to say it, like light like all these you know like psychedelic lighting right things it's it's that you could buy at hot topic or whatever yeah it, it, or like, it makes an effect that sort of like the 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 physical it looks like when you see film burn up or or whatnot you got like bubbles mm-hmm. and expansion contraction and, and of course it's got this lighting like color change for the hippie aspect mm-hmm. um so Ro- Robert Beltran, I'm sorry, <laughs> gets the money out of Ed Bagley Jr.'s wallet. Ed Bagley Jr. I don't think has a name in this. He's just the hippie. Yeah. And he lights up the joint um, and tries to get Mary to smoke it. And the as much there's something I really don't like. And this podcast is going to be really long. I just realized. But that's okay. If, if you need to stop or... taking shots, you can. No. Okay. I don't need to t- stop taking <laughs> shots. You need to s- stop telling me what to do. You're not my dad. <laughs> what was I saying? Okay. So there's a thing. There's a thing in movies and television that I don't really love. Um, but maybe this is just my point of view, where a couple goes from like fighting to making out like they're yelling at each other and then it's kind of violent and they go to making out or someone has just experienced a trauma but it becomes sexually exciting now maybe i'm just not wired that way maybe some people are wired different but that's a trope i don't really love so i don't really love how the scene begins Mm -hmm. which is mary who has been you know brutalized in some sense yeah um laid out completely exposed I and mean, she still has her panties on but she's basically just in, in panties she's completely topless um and while i approve of what happens next <laughs> i don't really love i'm just being kind of nitpicky because it's just like there's a what but this movie again completely tasteless so raul lights up this joint and he's just like marrying you know like maybe you know this will help you relax just like make you feel better and she's just like i i don't i don't know i don't know if i should be smoking marijuana or something stupid and because she remembers she's repressed and sexless and you know so finally we're seeing her in this sort of like position where she's you know raul's appealing to her in this moment but also she doesn't want to cross this uh, this idea she has about herself she doesn't want to give it up right of her purity or whatever Mm -hmm. so um so he very slowly comes over to her and he gets her to smoke the joint. And this is while the light, the hippie lighting and stuffing stuff is going on. And he leans, he leans into her. I'm Robbie. I have, this is the part where I said I was going to be very drunk and very horny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because the way that Raul leans into her for a movie that has so much silly sex stuff in it, it isn't sexy at all. And then we get this scene 
which is it's a very sexy uh, scene I, I mean it helps it that is very sexy <laughs> Ro- robert um, all, all these other losers should have been taking notes from robert beltran because he he knows how to uh yeah h- how to seduce yeah i mean i'm i have chills right now okay so he lays out he's got the ed begley's money and he very slowly sort of as almost to give her a bit of modesty because she's like oh i should put my shirt back on and he leans into her and he starts covering her chest with the money mm-hmm. and leans into her and he's just like whispering these sort of sweet nothings like think about the life that we could have together and like you know what you know basically what you're doing with paul is like small time and i'll give you everything and like um you know th- there is this dreaminess they are h- supposed to be high in this scene but is when he gets so close to her and like just he's very tender with her yeah um and i i was watching this alone in my hotel room in mexico um (laughs) i was that's how i chose to spend my saturday night in tulum mexico i could have gone out to a bar and partied but i'm 37 years old and I uh, decided to stay in and watch this movie for my podcast, and I think I made the best decision of all time. <laughs> and that's the scene because I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, there, it's this weird bomb that goes off in a really goofy movie, and it, it manages to be very, very sexy. And there's not a lot of t- times in film ever that I can think about something being genuinely like, that sensual you know yeah i when i and i think that's partly like i mean they they put a lot of effort to to make that seem like that because because it is a it is such a contrast to everything else Mm -hmm. that that happens that that is so crass and so (laughs) just like i mean yeah like like i mean as I said, those all those other losers should have been taking notes from Robert Beltran. Like, you know, like if you, yeah, you, you know, you got you got you gotta you gotta talk nice to the ladies and put hundreds of dollars on top of them, or I guess. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't really the money. I mean, he could have been just putting her shirt back on. Her. Right. Yeah, the, you know. exactly. It, it's, it's the smoothness to it. It's the, like, yeah. t- like you say, the tenderness. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it is, it is probably, and it's weird. Like it, it's a scene that you would see in, you could see in any normal movie. And yet, so that maybe that's why it stands out so much amongst all the insanity yeah, that happens in this one. Um, hey, guess what? Shot number six oh, down the hatch. Oh, Here we go. Oh, God. Um, Jesus Christ. Well, it's getting easier. I Oh, well, that's well, that's that's a good thing. I, I believe you tried to de- it. You were trying to describe that Beltran seduction scene even before the previous shots <laughs> um, oh man no it, yeah no. anyway wow just robert beltran wow yes i mean i listen in re, like in watching voyager for the first time what i appreciate 
there's a lot to appreciate in Voyager, but the casting, because up until this point, maybe, you know, I'll give some allowance for obviously William Shatner when he was Kirk and the original series was a sex symbol. I'm not going to lie. Like yeah. he obviously gave, gave something for the ladies, but since that time, like all the way through uh, t- uh, the next generation, all the way through deep space nine, there weren't any like real hotties. Okay. Yeah. Male hotties. There was not much for lady fans of Star Trek. Straight lady fans of Star <laughs> yes. Trek. Let me put an asterisk by that. Yeah. Straight lady fans of Star Trek to appreciate, you know, like okay, Riker was too was not no. He was he was not it. They were trying to make him that he was not it. But then comes Voyager, okay? Mm-hmm. And here's what we're getting. We're getting Robert Beltran. Hello. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like in his life, he's in his 40s. He's got a salt and pepper situation going on. Impeccable. Yeah. Um, we're getting um, whoever plays Harry Kim. Yes. Just cheekbones. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, uh, we're getting the uh, what's his name? Robert um, Duncan McNeil, mm-hmm. who plays Tom Paris. Just your classic, um, you know, all around California surfer dude. Um, and then we're getting like um tim ross who's also there yeah so it's it's a he's there yeah yeah (laughs) if that's it it's your thing um (laughs) and by your thing i mean like really bitchy vulcan if that's your jam (laughs) tim ross is there for you um but yeah to suddenly so, so suddenly we have like female captain and she's just like surrounded by hunks do you know what I mean? Right. I'm just like, how do I get on the Voyager? <laughs> how do I get into that Star Trek? It's a it's a handsome um, cast to be be sure. It is a really good looking, but but in a I mean also like of course like Patrick Stewart is a type that people are into, but for me personally, it's like it, there's been there's been no eye candy for me. And then comes Voyager, and then it's just like it's just like charcuterie. It's just like here's the platter. Here's what you were missing ah, from the other two, three series of Star Trek. Yeah, finally you're getting it. Um, yeah, I. Anyway, I'm so I'm so hot for Robert Beltran at this point in my life. Yeah. Well, I've got chronic arthritis in my fingers. <laughs> but for him in like the 80s and 90s because now he's like i don't know 70 or something well, yeah yeah he's a bit older now uh contemporary robert Beltran. Yeah. but there's there's still plenty of media from uh the the 80s and 90s that we uh we can totally like, yeah we can go through yes yeah um um you know what were we even talking about we're, uh, we're just talking about things from eating raul that we like i i yeah. i like how you know, Raul's. Rob- can, wait, Robbie, can we talk about? Can we? Is there anything? I mean, Mary Warrenov, I think, is a very unconventionally attractive woman. Yeah, I'd say that's. So accurate. I don't. I don't. I, I don't want to put you in a position of having to be as like weirdly horny as I'm being with all this tequila. But if there's anything that you would like to say about the scene about Mary or anything else i don't want to like steamroll that okay well i mean no i mean if we're we're talking about the uh the sex the the sexy stuff um you it's funny yes we have been for 10 minutes (laughs) yes yes. (laughs) well no no, it's just um 
I'm I, th- one thing I was gonna say because I uh, you know I I'm not sure how to how to put this like uh, like a lot of depictions of just like crass sexual stuff is kind of a turnoff for me like mm-hmm. when when Paul Bart sure. when Paul yeah. Bartel ends up in that room with the where the orgy above them is going on like it's just right. like it just looks it's just gross to me like when when i was watching us yeah. in the sixth grade i was like ugh, ugh. and yeah it's funny like but i th- i think it's played i think it's played for that oh though. totally i don't think that's oh, oh yeah totally totally all. it's it's yeah no you're absolutely correct but it was like and i was you know i was not like the the uh doris the dominatrix i was you know just it was just nothing for me but then later when like they they meet up with her in, in her house and she's making chocolate sh- she's wearing this blue dress and she's making chocolate chip cookies and she's got the laundry that she needs right. to get out of the dryer otherwise it's going to be wrinkled right like she looked real yeah. like w- like her and just like normal i was like wow she looks really adorable Aww. like 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 yeah doris yeah like yeah, Doris the Dominatrix. Yeah. Like I mean, for sure. She she she's more for me. She was more interesting when she wasn't like wearing sexy clothes. Uh, it's yeah. I, I re- that sounds weird, but it's just uh, like when she was in her Dominatrix outfit at that party. Like she was just just like part of the background. It wasn't anything, but man, like making those chocolate chip cookies. She just like with her hair, dark hair. She's like, oh, she's so cute um yeah yes definitely for sure um you know they're uh yeah so after mary and um roll hook up they hook up again while she's like at work Mm -hmm. or something yes (laughs) he comes in for uh an examination or something and so then they're like they're totally like hot boxing an exam room yes (laughs) which is wild she's Mary's crazy for that one, um, you know. And then uh, I'm there's a drop I want to put in here from the trailer about you know, Raul's trying to convince Mary to leave Paul. Yeah, and um, it's because he has some attributes, such as being a crazy. What does he say? Crazy hot blooded. Pas- passionate, crazy hot blooded. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just let's just throw every stereotype into one sentence. And um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so here's the thing where Paul is uh, he grows suspicious, but I think it's more he gets he's getting upset because he realizes that Raul is not splitting half of the proceeds here. Right. And uh, Paul spends the day following Raul around on his rounds and realizes Raul is selling the dead bodies to a dog food company, but it, the real money is that Raul is going and selling their cars. cars. Yeah. And, yeah. And um, so, I mean, just Raul's just like a better business person. I'm sorry. Um, uh, he's a way better business pl- person. When you see his yeah. room, uh, his, his place later when like- there was so mu- there was so much stereo equipment and boxes in there. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, and he was wearing this like velvet robe or something because at this point and and the other Paul's like and the other wall had all these paintings 
Right. Yeah. He had like classic paint. I don't know. It, again, very campy, very over the top. Um, at this point, Paul goes back to uh, Doris, the dominatrix, and he says, look, you got to you got to put Raul out of the business. He's uh, he's he's not sharing the monies that we agreed on and he's poking my wife and I don't like any of that shit. Um, because, of course, at this point, Mary has just sort of played everything down. And she's like, Paul, look, it's fine. I'm sure you're just being weird or whatever. Um, and because she's getting poked. So uh, Doris shows up at Raul's place and that's when we see all the shit in his apartment. Yeah. And he's wearing that velvet robe. Did it have an R on it? You know, it had some... Raul? I can't remember. It had, like, initials, but I suspect it may have been a robe that he he acquired in his uh, locksmith uh, theft uh, operations, because I don't think the initials were his. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, it, well, he's in a very luxurious, like, smoking jacket situation. And um, so Doris, the dominatrix, uh, you know, has is, is been persuaded by Paul to show up as a nurse and saying she's a public health worker who diagnosed and the public health worker who says um, basically that he has a venereal disease, un, undisclosed <laughs> venereal <laughs> disease. Um, and... Um, does she ask him if he always wears a condom and he says something like, uh, not really. I like to have a good time or something like that. Oh gosh. I'm remembering some exchange that of that nature. Yeah. Well, I, Oh no, it's tequila time. Oh God. Tequila. I don't know if this is six or seven. I have lost count. Well, um, you know, I, I think this was, you know, well, this was a time when medical professionals were, were, were respected for their knowledge and, and expertise so i mean naturally raul's like look you you showed me a picture of like uh, what we infer the audience infers must be something grotesque on a genital region i'll take the pills (laughs) yeah so the pills end up being like saltpeter yeah which i did not know this until this movie but it's something they used to give little boys to keep them from masturbating yeah i mean is it like it's a boner killer robbie did you know about the powers of saltpeter before this movie because I, I didn't i did not know that was uh that was a qu- quality that they had at all well apparently so because raul in his final attempted tryst with mary um um cannot perform yeah and um are they in her like single bed though? Because I remember them being crammed in a very tiny bed at this point, and I wasn't sure if that was in her apartment or his or what. I, f- I don't feel like that was the apartment. That 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 must have been some other location or something. But it, a third but, location. Yeah, a third location that was also very tiny because their bedroom was tiny. Um, well, but also like I feel like Mary's very tall, so any bed she's in is probably going to be like, oh right. The perspective would very yeah. tiny. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so Mary's just like, hey, weirdo, like you're taking boner killer pills. What are you doing? Where did you get these? And then Raul's like, well, this this health worker came by, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so meanwhile, the real estate dude calls up Mary and Paul. I'm like, hey, 
this property you want for your restaurant. We got an all cash buyer unless you can come up with like, what is it like thirty, forty thousand dollars? Like yeah, like a twenty five or something. So they mm-hmm. yeah, so this this leads to the sort of the um the penultimate part of the film where they go to a like a really big swingers party. Uh, mm-hmm. it, and then the guy who greets them is like the local weatherman or something. Some, some, some sort of personality or, who know. would say something either on television or radio. He's like, hey, this is blah, 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 and I'm your host. And I mean, basically doing his routine only with a lot of sexually explicit stuff put in. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and Paul and Mary, you know, they 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 see their their friend Doris. I feel like it's very much established that they they actually consider Doris as a friend and would never act, consider offing her. I think maybe right. maybe cuz like when they talked with her that um that first time, it was in her normal suburban house with you know, mm-hmm. she's she's making she's making some cookies and she's doing laundry and she very much kind of just reads as like she's one of our kind of people uh, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Well, basically, basically, because like she's. She's hoodwinking perverts out of money without actually having to give anything of herself. Right. Pre- That's the idea of a dominatrix. Pre- right. Yes. So. Yes. I, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's how she tried so, to like be like you know look you and she, she was very explicit you gotta you gotta be you know um you, you have to have your limits don't do things that make you uncomfortable and you know et cetera et cetera mm-hmm. um, yeah like here's have a safe word et cetera yeah um so so the guy who refused because oh, we skipped over a lot but like and spent 20 minutes on talking about the sexy with <laughs> all and Mary. It's okay. But um there was a bank lender earlier in the movie that Mary had gone to see in this very like see-through very see-through dress um and that she was trying to get this loan for a down payment for the restaurant and the loan was refused basically cuz Mary would not give in to the uh lender's sexual advances so the bank lender happens to be at this party and there's like a weird scene where he was like in a shower stall with some naked woman who was kind of was maybe on quaaludes that, <laughs> i don't really know that, what was going on here it's, it, it's something like that yes yes absolutely yeah it's very unsavory did not care for this but it's okay because mary <laughs> Um, kills him with a rat tail comb when he tries to once again assault her. Yeah. Now, Robbie, we're coming up. This is, I mean, this is like the final heist of the movie. This is, the game has been heightened. This is it. This is the big job, it, right? It's, because it, they need this money or else they're not going to get their restaurant. It's that, it's, and it's that part in Gone in 60 Seconds where they have to steal all the cars, uh, on one mm-hmm. night. In one night. Yeah. Exactly. And there is a scene where Paul finds. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is one of the funniest things. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Paul goes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Paul goes. <laughs> Jesus. I would stop you and describe the scene myself, but I feel like I feel like this is great material for our fans to just do. <laughs> Um, 
Paul, Paul. Okay, so this house that they're at, all right, is one of these classic like Hollywood Hills, fabulous view, just mid-century modern, like die. I die. Like I love this house. Okay, mm-hmm. so the house that they're at with the swingers party. Okay, so Paul goes outside and <laughs> um, what happens next? All of the swingers are in a hot tub and it's one of these old style like wood barrel looking hot tubs okay and and, um they're like you know being all weird and horny and stuff and they're like paul get come on it's a swingers party we're all trying to fuck and paul's like i don't fuck and uh he picks up i don't know why it was there (laughs) or even why it had a cord long enough to reach but there's a space heater yes and so remember all these naked people are in the hot they're naked they're nude we can see, we can see, I've seen everything. It's all there. And um, he launches. <laughs> launches he is launches the right the word. space <laughs> Into the hot tub. <laughs> but why this, look, we have been led to believe by every other movie. When people get electrocuted to death, they kind of shake a lot. Like, <laughs> they just... they're being electrocuted. That's not what happens here. Oh, no. We get a really quick cut where everyone just kind of they're still standing up but they just kind of slump over <laughs> they all die in medi- instantly <laughs> just instantly and they just slump, slump over sl- flop over yeah um and they don't fall on top of each other they just kind of bend at the waist and slump over um that is the funniest shit in the world <laughs> because like like at this point in the movie we're seeing Paul being like, man, I, we got to just got to get this over with. We got to do it. And he sees his opportunity with the space heater, but it's also the director, Paul being like, um, we, uh, yeah, we have like, uh, like 10 more minutes. We got to get the shot. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. Also director Paul being like, okay, yeah, yeah. Great. Good enough. Like, so everyone just, it's just this quick cut of everyone just slumping over. Considering this, the amount of shooting time they had, I would say that's actually probably almost exactly what happened. Um, oh my god, it's so funny! And, it's so funny. It made the movie for me. Oh my god, I died at that scene. And then we um, then we get so... get a get a wonderful montage of like they call you know unsavory people who take away cars, um, right? And they, they just yeah, get... and there's a lot of really nice cars so i mean at least some of the budget was probably used to like renting some like nice jag there's like jaguars mercedes all that's really nice things that are being loaded up onto this uh truck yeah to be hauled off it gets it gets taken Um, off they they count that you know they they count the 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 huge amount of money they made they are they are set for that yeah for that rest they got it and and then they got it. Yeah. And so <laughs> they come home and Raul is there. We got the we get the climactic yeah. moment where, you know, he's like, look, I'm making a play for this girl. You know, she's. Uh, yeah. Um, and he's wearing he's wearing this suit that is like obviously meant to convey like. Uh, he looks like he just came from the Zoot Suit riots. Exactly. Like he left the riot in the 1940s and he has arrived at their apartment. That's precisely what it looks like. And <laughs> yeah. And he like, you know, I, I you know, he's, he's describing this this whole incredible life that he's going to give Mary and he sends Mary off to go get the frying pan. 
Um, and she's like, I can't find it. You know, she calls from the kitchen. And so Raul like takes Paul with him. They like, you know, they walk into the yeah. the kitchen and you hear a, you know, a bang, uh, uh, uh the sound of, I mean, uh, the sound, sound of a, a frying pan hitting a skull. And then you, you mm-hmm. cut to, you know, Paul and Mary, they're, they're packing up their, their stuff. Uh, but, and James from the Valley's coming over. Um, yep. The real estate agent, here he comes. He's yeah, going to have dinner with him once again. Yeah. They're, they're, they're closing the deal. And they're, a celebration. Yeah. They're going to, but they, they hadn't anything prepared. They just re- they realized oh, too no. late. It's like, Oh, you don't have time. What are we going to have for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> and if you've been if you've been listening to this podcast up to this point and you know what the title of the film is no you get no no you get no no bonus points for guessing what's for dinner <laughs> mm-hmm. it's uh not french it's a little it's actually spanish recipe yep yeah that's what she said mm-hmm. that's what she said uh- um <laughs> <laughs> What and the final shot of this movie is Paul and Mary in front of some sort of Victorian looking building, which is their country kitchen restaurant. Paul and Mary's Country Kitchen. Yeah. Bon appetit. Thank you, Crystal, for for watching this film. I, I'm so delighted I got to share something with you like this. Well, thank you for with for sharing it with me because it just like um, it lit a fire in me uh, that I had long been dormant, and um, it was all because of that. Hey, I over Ed yeah. Bailey Jr.'s dead body. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, Ed Bailey Jr.'s character. R.I.P. We'll see you again in Voyager. Yeah. Um. um yeah. You know, I for- I got so drunk I forgot to reset my timer. But I think that means that I've got one last one before we sign off on this okay. special Halloween episode of Reenacted. So this is number seven. I dedicate the shot to Robert Beltran's old sexy ass, wherever he is. <laughs> that one's for him. Uh, oh, shoot. I'm out of limes. Well, uh... Hey, if you were into this shit or you like the show Unsolved Mysteries, we talk about it every two weeks. And um, usually that's what we do. Mm-hmm. If you want to find us on social media, you can go to at, at freaking A. You can go to at Reenacted Pod on Twitter. Um, Robbie, I believe there's still some Facebook activity. Yeah, uh, fa- Reenacted Fans Podcast Fans page. Uh, send send emails to reenactedpod at gmail.com and we have a Patreon. Uh, we have a new one dollar uh-huh. tier. So uh, if you yeah, just if want, you want to, if you want to tip the pod one dollar, we'll we'll happily do that. Um, if you want to tip us a little more every month, you get access to exclusive content. Um, our uh, our friend friend of the pod Jen says thank you very much for the care package <gasps> that you sent her off oh, recently. Delighted. Um, Yes. Yeah. So hey, Jen, and um, so yeah, we we send our rumpers little prezies, so we release uh, episodes early, or sometimes we do special episodes on our Patreon. So that's patreon.com/slash reenactedpod. Um, 
If you like our podcast, um, there's like a cool thing you can do where you can just like get in your mom's phone or like, you know, your bro's phone and like subscribe because that helps us. Yes. They don't actually have to listen to it, but you know, it just like helps. Um, tell a friend. Leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars, please. If you didn't like this, I'm so I'm like personally very sorry if you didn't like this. Uh, but good, like you don't need to say anything. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, the the good news yeah, is you can keep that to yourself. Yeah, the, well, and the thing is, if you're still listening, you must have enjoyed it a little. And look and yeah. cheer up. We only do this this abusing of our health and talking about <laughs> talking about something in whatever way vaguely Halloween like rather than unsolved mysteries once a year so there you go yeah and we only do it for Halloween but we you know you guys are big time Halloween freaks that's why you're listening to this shit in the first place um Robbie I don't know how to end this because it's not a regular episode but I'm relying on you to park this car so oh I uh I help absolutely um Bon appétit. <laughs> <laughs>